The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. The expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. So around this time last year, we had BTS in the soup and... You and I just had B and K in the Springs. In the Springs? The Colorado Springs. Uh-huh. Because we just got back from a short little like five day or like four day vacation to uh, Colorado Springs with another couple friend of ours. And yeah. It was, it was our first trip together. Yeah. Like you had come to visit me when I was in Rapid City. We've gone to Chicago and Fort Worth for BTS concerts, but we've never done like a little trip together where it was just you and I. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. It was really fun. Obviously, like our husbands were there and like we had another two friends that were there too, but mm-hmm. it was a really great time just exploring Pikes Peak, Garden of the Gods, you know, got a good hike in. But we also had like our own little book club, mm-hmm. which is like something very in the soupy. Yeah. Um, where we- you and I had both read two books, have been recommending them to each other forever. And finally, we're like, let's switch and then we can talk about them. Yeah. So we both had read them. Yeah. And then while we were in Colorado Springs, we went outside and just sat and talked about the books. It was so much fun, it but it so really fun. felt like in the soup. It did. Yeah. Yeah. It was a major bonding and just really cool experience to uh, to have together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, on that note, welcome back, Iconics. And if you're new to the podcast, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And this is Standing BTS. Yes. Yes. Welcome to another wonderful episode where we get to hang out for about an hour and just talk about BTS. What a wonderful hour it is, too. But disclaimer, this is an informative fangirl podcast. That means that we're going to fangirl, laugh, and learn a little bit along the way. Yep, that's right. This is an explicit podcast, though, so if you aren't cool with that, you can dip out now. We won't blame you. Totally. But if you're down for some, it's been weeks, and I'm still thinking about Hosok's glare in the fashion show. Oh, yeah. I... I'm so excited to talk about this fashion show. We kind of knew that we wanted to talk about it, but just didn't know how to go about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad we're getting to cover it here in today's episode. So, or BTS has been number one on Hot 100 
for 10 consecutive weeks. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, BTS, 10 weeks of 2021, BTS have been at number one on Billboard. Incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're barely like halfway through the year, just over halfway through the year. And, you know, to already have occupied 10 weeks of the year is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Well done, BTS. Well done, ARMY. Um, I'm sure BTS is like beside themselves right now. Like, yeah. I, I think they feel forever grateful, but they just like they don't even know how to reciprocate the love yeah. because they're just so grateful and they don't know how to express the gratitude. Mm-hmm. And they never expect it. Yeah. Yeah. Humble kings. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So if you're here for that, then you're in the right place. Okay. So today we're doing a Spotisode. Spotisodes are a new series of episodes where we clean up spots of missed BTS content that for whatever reason we weren't able to talk about in previous episodes. So in this Spotisode, we're going to talk about BTS's participation in Louis Vuitton's men's fall winter 2021 fashion show in Seoul. BTS's appearance and performances on BBC's Radio One, the live lounge the Permission to Dance R&B remix, and then also BTS's recent V-Lives and their interviews for Reverse magazine. Mm, So much has been going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is when it's a little hard to be bi-weekly because uh, there's just so much that happens. So much content. I feel like we have to catch up. (laughs) But before we get into today's episode, we want to say thank you, Iconics, for being here and for supporting us. Uh, If you'd like to support us even further and have access to our Google Docs full of episode notes in important links and pictures you can do that by donating to our patreon at patreon.com slash standing bts or if you'd like you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash standing bts podcast your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out bi-weekly episodes any type of support is super appreciated thank you for being here and thank you so much for listening yeah thanks iconics um also for the month of august our charity of the month is a little different because It's back to school season in many places. And since I'm a teacher, it's been on my mind 24-7. And thinking about going back to school after such a tough COVID school year last year is very challenging. And I know that a lot of students, teachers, counselors, and other support staff are going to need a lot more support this year now more than ever, Um, especially with the uncertainty of the Delta variant here in the United States and around Um, So I think it's important. We both think it's important to support your local education system as much as possible. So this month, instead of asking you to donate to a specific charity, we're going to ask you guys to donate to your local school district or teachers or students that you may know personally within your community. Yeah. And some great things for this year to donate would be like hand sanitizer, wet wipes, tissues, and disposable masks, Mm -hmm. especially tissues. Oh, yeah. I remember that being an item my teacher always needed. It's a rarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other helpful supplies are backpacks, dry erase markers, folders, notebooks, pens and pencils, crayons, markers, books, really anything that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of school districts will have set places for you to drop stuff off. So you can just call the local office and say, hey, I have a donation. Where could I bring it to? Um, it would be really wonderful to see Iconics helping out our, you know, our students and our teachers going into this school year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please join us this month of August in donating to your local school system. Yeah, thanks guys. All right. 
So we're going to go ahead and lead into this with the Louis Vuitton Fall Winter 2021 Fashion Show in Seoul. So back in April, it was announced that BTS were global ambassadors for Louis Vuitton and for us to expect exciting new projects, which we now know one of these exciting new projects was BTS modeling designer Virgil Abloh's men's collection in an extension spinoff show as a continuation of the Fall 2021 menswear collection show so let's talk a little bit about who virgil abloh is um he was born in rockford illinois which interestingly enough isn't your mom yeah my parents are both from rockford yeah (laughs) just random small world um but virgil abloh has a history of using other artistic mediums such as spoken word and film to encourage radical thinking through the lens of menswear so using multiple mediums in one fashion show is very common for him um although he was born in rockford he grew up in a Ghanaian household but he was thrust into a eurocentric landscape in the fashion world. So he spoke of, as a child, seeing his father wear a kente cloth in some situations and then, you know, maybe wearing a suit in other situations, just depending on where they were going or what they were doing. And seeing that then be represented in the fashion world was really interesting to him. So this contributed to the overall theme of his show that BTS's film was a spinoff of. That was the tourist versus purist theme in which he explores masculine archetypes. Um, So in his discussion about this exploration, he said that there are a lot of stories mixing cultures and from that a new language will be created. So he's really interested in exploring these masculine archetypes while also mixing different cultures as far as how the clothing was actually made and um, the different patterns that are used. Yeah. Vogue also wrote that Vuitton's fall and winter collection is, quote, cool, considered chic and flowing with floor length coats, easy slim tailoring, African draped wraps, kilts and Western hats. So really a mixing of cultures, huge yeah. mixing of cultures, mm-hmm. kilts, Western hats, African draped wraps. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vogue also said that the fashion show collection has, quote, symbolic reconfigurations of of masculine archetype. So in an interview with uh, Jakey Cho for Amazon Music, it really reminded me of when RM said that, you know, quote, we didn't have the intention to redefine masculinity or, you know, manly, but it feels good that we can have this positive effect or influence any categories. Mm -hmm. We are living in a time where labels that are called masculinity or manly are vanishing. I was really reminded of that when just, you know, hearing that this is a lot of this masculine archetypes exploring that with a Virgil Abloh. Yeah, I, was, I was intrigued. It really by that. seems like BTS are, you know, the perfect type of people to embody mm-hmm. this, to model these to clothes. Model. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So when the group was announced as ambassadors, Abloh hinted at a collaboration that goes beyond the band wearing the clothes. He said, quote, I'm looking forward to this wonderful partnership, which adds a modern chapter to the house, merging luxury and contemporary culture. He also ended up saying, I can't wait to share all the very exciting projects we are working on. 
And he said that for this particular inspiration for Behind the Collection came from the idea of challenging preconceived notions and reimagining established codes, which I think really highlights what a lot of this fashion show is about. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the setting of this fashion show. So it was at the Art Bunker B39, which is an art and cultural space just outside of Seoul. Mm-hmm. Um, inside is this, it's this five-story building, and it hosts a 39-meter tall bunker. Mm. And it's extremely industrial. Yeah. Looks cold and unwelcoming to an extent, but I think it's like an art space. So you're, you're not really supposed to tune into it. You're supposed to be looking at the art that's right. there. Um, but for this particular show, I think that was put on display more. There's these red contrasts. You see the lighting, this like immense skyscraper inside of this, this space. And then you can't help but to notice this hope blimp that is just hovering in circles around the skyscraper Mm, yeah like floating around the top of it and Mm -hmm. from like first glance of this it looks like a dystopian society where the skyscraper is like this structural symbol of social hierarchy Mm -hmm. and above everyone as if it's a reminder to the people below to have hope that blimp is floating you know and then maybe one day they can get to the top where they can reach that that hope mm-hmm. that, you know, teases them from above. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that we really noticed about this fashion show was obviously the music, the score that was set to it, and it changed, you know, over the course of the the show. So the music production and direction was done by Benji B, and they also, like, remixed the sequence of music. The original score was written and produced by Sifika, Kim K, and Net Gala, but Benji B kind of reorganized that one score. It was one song just to fit each moment a little bit better instead of it's in its original order. Yeah. Um, but done very well. It was done so well. The music really stands out. Mm-hmm. Like, especially the moment it gets from Jimin to Namjoon when the music starts to kick in. It's like, wow, this is such a great selection of music here. But yeah. like the production and the score is so well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really contributes to the feeling that we get from each member as we see them and as their moment comes and goes that music really you know Mm -hmm. gives us that feeling so so a big component to why we wanted to cover this louis vuitton fashion show was not just because bts looks amazing and you know the the fashion line in here is incredible too but like there's clearly a story that's going on here there's a lot of symbolism that's taking place these like knowing stares between each member uh you know there's something going on here and just the way that it's all set up with like that skyscraper the hope blimp all of it so it's we intriguing. really it is intriguing so yeah. we want to dive into it of course we want to see what you guys think and just kind of share our ideas of yeah. what we think is being told here so in louis vuitton they wrote quote aiming to redefine how our minds identify archetypical wardrobes which are tied to societal presumptions, the collection reappropriates the normal through extreme elevation. Wow. Extreme elevation, like super heightened fashion, you know, Mm -hmm. of the simplest items at their highest moments. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of the show, they have this quote. So I'm just going to read the quote that they have at the beginning. It starts as... 
I had been a pilot for around seven years. In the midst of bad weather, I began my trip having gone through countless amounts of typhoons. I was familiar with the skies, but I came across a totally foreign place. Tall skyscraper, wide windows, and long halls. Everything was still as if time had stopped. The sun shone in and lingered in the landscape. There were figures walking through the still landscape. It wasn't clear if they were walking up or down the skyscraper. The clouds closed and the city disappeared. I could never find that place again. So to me, that beginning quote sets up the the show as being like, a microcosm of a city you know just a little look into what this city could be or what this society could be and we're mm-hmm. already talking about like the social hierarchy that you mm-hmm. spoke of earlier so yeah but from an outsider's perspective yeah. seeing the, the the line where they say it wasn't clear if they were walking up or down the skyscraper that's jarring to me because in this scene, like in this whole show, it's very clear who is above and who is below in terms of the skyscraper. But from like this pilot's point of view, they can't really tell. I thought that was just an interesting yeah. little line in there. From yeah. the outside, maybe everyone is going up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like this hidden city, this like unknown place, mm-hmm. unfamiliar for this pilot. Right. And has never been able to find it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some illusion there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to just kind of go through all the members and what happens here in this fashion show. So Jimin is walking down this white hallway, looking out at a at the skyscraper from above. And it looks like he's in his own private glass room. It's this glass windowed room that has control panels. And it really looks like he's the elite decision maker or delegator from above. And oh, those yeah. glasses that he's wearing Ooh. with the like little uh, Louis Vuitton like scripts. Yeah. Across oh. the top. Yeah. Those yeah. look phenomenal. They on do. Him. They mm-hmm. do. Very high fashion. Oh, yeah. But he looks out and exchanges a look with Nam June. Mm-hmm. And this stare makes me feel like Nam June is his right hand man. One hundred percent. Yeah. The and so the person who really sets it all in motion. So Nam June starts walking, the music begins, and then he gets to a point where he looks down into the skyscraper where there's Yoongi and he gazes down at Yoongi. But he widens his eyes for just a flash, yeah. like a very brief moment. But it's like out of all of the members, his eyes get the widest and it really looks like they're conveying a message to one another. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't intentional, then why is it in the show? You know, why Mm -hmm. did it make the final cut? And it is really just for just a flash that his eyes widen. And it's somewhat jarring to me because it was I mean, his eyes are already wide. Yeah. And then he widens them just Just a bit bit more. more. And you're like, I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was, it's full of something. The look is full of something, but at this point in the show, it's really hard to put your finger on what that look is conveying, Mm -hmm. you know, between not, it's like, it's very knowing it's, they have some sort of connection, but you're not sure what it means. It kind of looks threatening, but I don't want to say that because it's hard to know. (laughs) The eyes widening like that. Yeah. And he tilts his head back some. Yeah. Like, hey. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a bit threatening. It's a little bit threatening. It's a little bit setting Yungi in motion, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So then we shift over to Yungi and we see from inside the skyscraper now Yungi and he's looking out like as he as if he were looking up in the direction of Namjoon and he takes a couple steps and then glances back. Which is interesting. He does a double take. He does a double take. And he's the only one to do a double take like uh-huh. that, you know. And uh, he, the music kind of changes. It becomes very chill to me and re- more ambient. And uh, he just takes us into the skyscraper, walking through one level and then going down another set of stairs. And he's looking very maybe apathetic you know he doesn't have a lot of expression even when he's looking back at namjoon he's looking very plainly even though namjoon's look is pretty loaded mm-hmm. um and then he's he doesn't seem like he's moving through the skyscraper with a specific purpose it seems a little a little aimless to me it does even though he's going from one floor to the next there's not a reason why mm-hmm. um, very nonchalant <clears throat> yeah chill not much expression coming from Yoongi. yeah mm-hmm. especially that he he skipped the second to last step on that second yeah. one too i love how he holds on to like the structure within like yeah. the the metal piping in there it, it, he's like swinging himself through mm-hmm. just so coolly walking through very cool this skyscraper yes very mm-hmm. cool very chill nonchalant relaxed almost apathetic you apathetic know? yeah it, it wasn't like he word. was like i don't want to be here giving off that vibe but it just seemed yeah mm-hmm. apathy um but he looks down from the skyscraper and looking up from the depths of darkness back at yungia's hosak and this face of his especially because of the lighting the lighting is so striking and the way that he's positioned it's you can only see his face just barely peering through this darkness and his hair is that bright white platinum blonde he looks haunting he looks menacing oh yeah that look in his eyes uh his expression you know it looks like Yoongi has wronged him. It looks like betrayal. Yeah. Like Yoongi has somehow betrayed Hosok. Yeah. 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 They have some difference. They have some some beef. And to me, like, this is the moment that's left the impression weeks later. I can't stop thinking about it. Hosok's glare. I think this, all all the stares are Mm. intense. But the way that J-Hope is peering out from the depths of this darkness, like you were saying, up at Yoongi. And Yoongi to, and it's menacing. Mm -hmm. And for Yoongi to be so apathetic, like he tilts his head, he's kind of like, yeah. He looked down at Hosok as if he were looking at an animal at the zoo, you know, yeah. like almost like can't do anything for you type yeah. of thing. But or like it's apologetic in a way too. Yeah. I it's hard to tell. There's yeah. a lot that happens between the, these two. Again, it's another really loaded look and I think yeah. I mean all that we're saying is multiple different interpretations. Well, this you whole know? show is loaded. I mean, you yeah. can really interpret it so many different ways. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested in hearing Iconic's other interpretations. Me too. Yeah. I haven't seen many people, like, even on Twitter trying to interpret this, but it's like, do you not see all this going on? Yeah. Like, there's so much to to say here. Right. Um, so when it switches over to Hosok, and he's in this space that's removed from the rest of the quote-unquote city, and he's closed off behind these walls, and it's very dark inside. There's, like, a couple, I feel like, streams of light, you know, coming through from somewhere. 
and he walks around others who are stationary and they're you know he's like looking them up and down as if he's assessing them judging hosok we love it we've we always talked it. about how much we love judging hosok <laughs> and here it is yeah thank god ever since we saw like txt training and hosok judging them we were like wow incredible mm-hmm. um so i love that that was in this show from a fangirl perspective but also it was just interesting like why does this specific like it was a big moment where he's like looking people up and down like what does this have to do with the rest of the show and the storyline and you know the purpose Mm -hmm. beyond just showing off the fashion and the music shifts drastically here and the lighting too and the setting i mean Mm -hmm. now he's he's beneath this skyscraper he's totally outside of it and then to go from this menacing look up at yoongi Mm -hmm. to this very um not jubilant, but like happier. He you know, almost like seems he like starts, a mentor the way that he's walking around these yeah, people. He has a, a small smile on his face as he's going around and like eyeing all these, you know, other yeah. models. Yeah, it seems mm-hmm. like he has a certain sense of pride in the, mm-hmm. in what he sees. Yeah, and the music is just very uplifting. Yeah. Like angelic. And it's so interesting because he goes from this super menacing look at Yungi, and then when he walks out to this like ledge area. And he, to make affirmative eye contact with Young, like positive, he even does. He has like this slight smile and the lighting is so different. Shining at him from above, he looks angelic compared to, you know, a minute earlier where he looked almost demonic from the, the yeah. depths of hell, you know? Um, it's just very interesting. And the way he looks at Young now is as if they have a, a shared secret purpose between them. Like, that's what that mm-hmm. eye contact looks like to me. Yeah. 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 And it's so interesting to see J-Hope here smile down at Young as we get in to see what Young's role is here. Because Young during his walk-in scene here, it looks like he is suffering. Like, he is miserable as if the weight of the world is on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. He walks down the last couple of stairs and then be, he's then on the ground level. And then being on the ground level, it's very indicative of the misery weight of the world here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he His face is like grimacing. He just looks disgusted, mm-hmm. unhappy, discontent. With himself, but also everything around, everything around him. Everything around him, yeah. yeah. Like a disgust, like yeah. a look of disgust. Pure disdain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And he just looks miserable, but to be here at the very bottom, but to have that exchange with J-Hope where it's like J-Hope is being affirmative and mm-hmm. it, like it's going to be okay or, you know, it's these stairs are just so deep, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, it's all these very knowing stairs. Yeah. So then as Young walks through the crowd at the bottom, he turns to stare meaningfully at Jungkook, who's on a lift at the bottom of the skyscraper. And so for Jungkook, Young looks at him and there's already a hint of pride and knowing in Jungkook's eyes. Mm-hmm. And as the lift begins to raise him up, there's this slight smug smirk that flashes across his face. I mean, it's very slight. Mm-hmm. I would say a lot of the smirk comes from his eyes. Yeah. Like every, his face just looks very lifted. Mm-hmm. And confident. Assured. And assured. Mm. Yeah, assured. Um, so he passes every floor and we see the people as he's passing that they're stuck on each of these floors just watching him breeze past them. Yeah. So interesting that now Jungkook is 
climbing all of these and not uh, you know using the stairs like Yingyi was going down the stairs but he's actually taking a lift outside of the skyscraper mm-hmm. um once he gets to the you know it's not quite the top i think it's a couple levels from the top but but higher up as and, high as yeah. you can go on the lift um he steps off and turns around this very dramatic turn to oh, yeah. Jin, who is gorgeously standing there. Waiting. waiting. It looks like he's been waiting. Yeah. And Jen is like affirming the spot at the top of the tower, you know, nearest to the hope that's flying around at the top of the skyscraper. And when we see Jen, we feel like we made it, you know, like mm-hmm. we've reached some sort of unattainable achievement. And it almost feels peaceful right then, because once we get Jen, it pans out and it does end kind of with that hope blimp flying around. And it leaves you with the feeling of the possibility of hope. Yeah. 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 The possibility of hope. When I saw that hope blimp and just this whole structure, like this societal ladder that's taking place through a skyscraper, really reminded me so much of the Hunger Games. Because of the word hope, it reminded me when we were researching, I told you it reminded me of President Snow, who says that hope, like, it's powerful, but like too much of hope can be destructive in the sense that like too much hope from beneath can really overpower the top. And that's where I think we get into the symbolism here that's happening. Um, It looks like, and it's up for interpretation, but for me and how we both kind of interpreted it was, you know, societal inequality and mistreatment will lead to instability and uprisings. This whole fashion show looks like the implementation of a ploy to bring Jungkook from the bottom of the societal chain straight to the top to blindside and rise against the upper elite Mm -hmm. and it seems that Jimin represents the upper echelon and will of those in power and because Namjoon is close to that power he goes along with it right or you know Jimin could be good too you know like Jimin could be like this upper elite who's helping the people below you know yeah well i don't think that like jimin or by extension namjoon's role necessarily represents like good or bad i don't mm-hmm. think that that's the point no. that ablo is trying to make of like is this good or bad like whatever but i do think that like it's a role that he's playing that obviously there's people in the world that have that same position that you know like status, there yeah. are people who are on top who are the decision makers who do set things in motion mm-hmm. or decide that things are going to happen whether or not they're the people who are actually carrying it out they're the ones who make that decision and very true make it begin very true. so i don't think that he, i don't think that he's supposed to be conveyed in a negative light you know he, do- he isn't conveyed in a negative light none yeah. of them are yeah but the social elite, we just want to say that that's not like, we're not saying that that's like a bad thing. No. It's not like a negative stigma. No. It's just the real world. I think mm-hmm. it's a representation. Well, I was talking to you about like this social hierarchy and how that seems to have been around since the beginning of time. Yeah, like, forever. And will it ever disappear? I don't know. Is it just like a symptom of humanity? You yeah. know, it's just the natural order of things. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, like you said, Namjoon is close to that power, so he goes along with it. But then like we see the transition from Namjoon to Yoongi and it seems like because Yoongi is comfortable with where the power and the status quo is at he's apathetic and doesn't challenge the status quo that's why he's just aimlessly walking around the skyscraper you know really without a real purpose comfortability comfortable yeah and um 
you know, through that eye contact, they're all connected. Like we've spoke about the eye contact so much. And it seems like no matter where they're positioned or how far apart they are, they affect one another. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, the question comes like, is it hard work or is it just luck that Jungkook got to the top, you know, in this storyline and this, you know, uh, show that's being conveyed. And like, we feel like the message showed both, like a little bit of both. It wasn't just Jungkook who rose on his own. It was every single person before him rising and achieving through him. So like in this case, in this interpretation, Hosok can represent those absolute darkest times, but also opportunity for change Mm -hmm. where he was really felt like that turning point in the show. And then Taeyang can represent people literally pounding the pavement out there making the change. But those are tend tend to be the people who feel the worst of it. You know, if you're actually going out and trying to affect change or facing it head on, Mm -hmm. then you're going to get the worst ramifications. And then Jin can represent the people who benefit from your achievements after you from, you know, from you rising and, you know, improving your status. Those are what come, you know, the people that get to enjoy that after yeah yeah and i just want to elaborate on this a little bit more with j-hope specifically for hosok in that room where he was like eyeing up those models it looks like it was a room for preparing like preparation Mm -hmm. and that he was sending them out to be sent up as if jungkook had once been in that room yeah as if taehyung had once been in that room and Mm -hmm. you know taehyung was just the most recent person to be sent off yeah yeah and where you you know where you go where you land is I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't just, you know, Jungkook just happened to be there on that lift, you know, on his own. It's almost like a cycle, you know, mm-hmm. a cycle of, well, who got him there? Well, before he was put there, he was with Hosok, you know, yeah. and, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It was so interesting to see the setting and the storyline of this fashion show. When I was, Uh, expecting and anticipating this fashion show I was just expecting them to walk down a runway (laughs) isn't that silly but I also don't follow like fashion Fashion, shows yeah yeah, or Louis Vuitton or anything like that um so it was just really wonderful to see how this fashion show turned into be so much more like I was really blown away by it and that you know all of this symbolism was represented within it yeah I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Um, I was excited and we've watched it so many times and every single time we watch it, we get something else out of it. Mm -hmm. So Iconics, definitely tweet at us. You know, let us retweet you. If you have a great idea, tweet at us instead of DMing us your ideas about this fashion show because like these, this is just our interpretation and what we got out of it. But we know that there is loads more and you guys have great ideas too. So if you thought of something that we We did not talk about, let us know. We would love to have some conversation about it. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Standing BTS pod on Twitter. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for the plug. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into BBC Radio 1's broad cast. Uh, This was their first ever BTS special at the Live Lounge. So just just some background information. The British National Radio Station was established in 1967 and is owned and operated by the BBC. So BBC Radio 1 claims that they target the 15 to 29 age group because of its youth-oriented nature 
Radio One plays a broad mix of current and potential future hits. So this made the station stand out from other top 40 radio stations, both in the UK and across the globe. So I feel like it's so great to see that BTS was brought on the show. It seems like such the perfect demographic for them, what they've been known for and established, you know, mixing current and potential future hits mm-hmm. by having BTS here. Yeah. Um, on the live lounge so they performed from the live lounge and this setting is like a warehouse with a stage but the stage looked like a like especially where the musicians were playing it looked like a semi truck in the background that's been made into a stage for the band specifically Mm -hmm. like opened up for them Mm -hmm. yeah um just interesting that not to go back but the the target age 15 to 29 and i'm sure these performances brought people in from like age 10 to like 85 you well, know yeah i mean it's such a wider age gra- you know, for bts ga- fans ga- oh but gap, yeah yes yeah <laughs> um but yeah just very you know very cool that they have been identified and were brought onto the show for that reason yeah. especially their diverse and music BTS is, you know they've always been like representation for the youth mm-hmm. to be cheesy always but yeah, they have but obviously it's reaching so many other different age groups yeah so this live stage though was really really cool um i loved the live band anytime that we get to hear bts perform with a live band it's always so so well done and the first song that they performed was dynamite which was always i mean it's always a hit they do so well with dynamite mm-hmm. um Taeyang rude broke out the green suit again the green suit and the forehead <laughs> damn it <laughs> uh, but for their dynamite performance i really just noticed v-men the way that they were interacting with one each other with yeah. one another they were right next to each other and it's just you can't put them next to each other no you can't <laughs> like okay you can't put Young in the middle with his forehead out and the green suit already right yeah. like it's too much and then putting Jimin next to him they were just I mean they were taking over the show they also both have a lot of lines in dynamite and like we're singing together a lot so mm-hmm. I think they were just stealing a lot of our attention but it was really cute seeing all the Veman interactions during this performance mm-hmm. Um, but we were sad to see not much Yoongi. Literally, his one line that he has during Dynamite is like when we saw him on the screen and that was it. Yeah. yeah. But he was at the far end and they didn't move much from their positions. Like they were in the same spots for the majority of the Dynamite performance where they were standing. So I just don't think it got to show yeah. much of Yoongi since he, he was at the end. Yeah, I don't think they had much opportunity with the way that this mm-hmm. performance was put together. Yeah. Yeah. After that, they gave us a really excellent performance of Permission to Dance. And for this performance, they all look fucking hot because they're wearing jean outfits. Okay. The, what is that? The Canadian tuxedo? Is that what it's called? Like where you wear full jeans from top to bottom. Oh, is that what it's is it? called? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry if I said that wrong, but. Um, you would know. You pull out random crap like random. that where I'm like, where did you even hear that? Like, I don't know anything about that. I don't know. Um, language teacher here. Yeah. Um, but anyways, they look incredible because jeans 
always amazing, but they have some unique jean styles going on. Like, for example, Hobie has like cut off jean shorts and then also like tall white cowboy boots. Hobie's outfit is killing me because of that like bare minimum leg exposure between the shorts. <laughs> the kneecap and, really gets you. Yeah, the kneecap, I guess. <laughs> Sucker for it. Knee kink. <laughs> um, also, Yunki was wrecking me in every moment during this entire performance because he has just like a button down jean shirt tucked in pants whatever but he has like that light like ashy blonde mullet going on it's the mullet and the forehead looks so good the mullet and the forehead Mm -hmm. really um gin all white outfit also Mm -hmm. looking incredible we're not going to talk about all of them but they look really really good namjoon in overalls though (laughs) like so cute but also sexy somehow only namjoon i know But they look really exuberant in this performance. Really all of them. They had fun with each other. And in this performance, especially with it being with the live band, I think their love for the song really, really shines through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During the performance, I really loved when Jen was singing his part. He was like so into it in the moment that like he wasn't aware of his surroundings at all. And then when he finally stops during his part, he looks over and Namjoon is like inches from his face. <laughs> so he kind of like pedals backward and looks up at him like so surprised. And it's just this really goofy, fun interaction. Like Namjoon puts his arm around him and they just laugh about it. It's it, really it was cute. really cute. I love BTS making each other like laugh and smile. I just love seeing their natural charisma and like their interpersonal relationships like shine through in moments like this. Yeah. Yeah. Also, by the way, this uh, Permission to Dance performance made us think of the Permission to Dance R&B remix. uh, Oh, yeah. Which we hadn't really been able to talk about yet. And according to P-Dog, they described this remix as being a song with a distinct 1990s sensibility whose minimalistic synth sounds will make you focus even more on the vocals. This was something that I was so excited about when it was announced because I'm all for all the focus on the vocals. I love like 90s. I love mm-hmm. R&B. Um, so you I love R&B. I do. So I really enjoyed it. I love the 90s vibes of it. And I feel like this Permission to Dance remix they put out, they did it at a perfect time, literally right before this BBC One performance where they did the next song, the I'll Be Missing You cover, which is a 1990s song. So I mm-hmm. feel like the vibe between those worked really well. Yeah. 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 Before we get into I'll Be Missing You, I Mm -hmm. just want to say with um, our original Permission to Dance uh, episode that we talked about, you you know, you had expressed your hesitation about the song and everything. And at the end of the episode, you were kind of like, big hit if you're listening, you know. And it's just so funny to me that they released an R&B remix, which it sounded like it wasn't expected, that they weren't planning on releasing this remix, but because Butter had been at number one for so many weeks in a row, they wanted to offer it as you know an expression of gratitude. And it was specifically P-Dog, in, in that episode two, you were like, P-Dog, where are you at? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I just need P-Dog back. Um, for him to speak out on this and to do the remix, I'm like, Kayla, you were heard. What's going <laughs> this on? R and B remix I, of Permission to Dance. Like you love my time and yeah, you love R and B. I do. I and I really I felt heard and I felt seen with this song. Yeah. Like I was already um 
had gotten to a point with permission to dance where I enjoyed it and I'll sing along with it just the regular version Mm -hmm. but the R&B remix I was like I'm fully in I I love love it it. yeah 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 um I I really do I feel heard and I feel seen so I'm glad that we maybe but I don't feel like you stand alone I feel like there's a lot of other armies who are like so grateful for the R&B remix yeah I think so too so yeah, it goes really well with the I'll Be Missing You, which is uh, an original by Puff Daddy, Faith Evans, and Sting um, originally performed this song in the in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So they performed this for BBC One. It was the last one that they performed. And we really feel like this was truly an incredible vocal and rap performance from each member. It was because the rap line wrote their own rap verses, which says a lot. And then also the vocal ability. I think for Jimin and Jen, they sang the higher harmonies Mm -hmm. and these vocal runs. And my goodness, these are not easy notes to sing, like such a high register. I was really taken aback to see that when it was Jungkook and Jen harmonizing, that it was Jen taking the higher parts. Mm-hmm. Because I know that Jen has expressed like how hard Dynamite even was to sing, like that higher register. But to hear them, you know, in this song, I'll be missing you. Like Jen and Jimin really blew me away. I think it is perhaps the best vocals we've gotten from bts to date yeah i i would not challenge you on that especially from jimin and jen because that was such difficult um like notes to pull off they're so high in the register um you know think about that they're basically singing faith evans harmony whether or not they might have rearranged the song slightly to fit bts better or whatever but they're singing that higher like supposed to be the female harmony so Mm -hmm. um and also the way that their voices balanced with who they were harmonizing with jimin and Young sounded amazing together jungkook sounding like everybody's boyfriend as jin is harmonizing with him um the vocal line really um just blew me away really Uh, i want to listen to this cover every day of my life because of it i do too so we just want to you know just kind of read off the lyrics here talk about those rap verses because they wrote them Yeah, yeah especially so for rm in his verse he says well at the beginning he says yeah this right here goes out to everyone that can't see someone that they truly loved check it yeah Mm. i mean just already setting the scene for like kind of like covid right talking about covid so he says in the future can't wait to see if you'll open up the gates for me reminisce some time the night they took my chance tried to black it out but it plays again when it's real feelings hard to conceal can't imagine all the pain i feel give anything to see half your face i know while we're still living our lives after this. Mm. A full English um, verse from him in this song, I felt like was really fitting. You know, I think he's been really working on his English lyricism and Mm -hmm. he executed it very, very well. Um, And I just, I feel the pain, the COVID pain coming through in this verse. Yeah. Can't imagine all the pain I feel. Give anything to see half your face even half even half your face like just so desperately wants to be with army yeah mm-hmm. tough yeah um yungi's verse really really struck me and we'll just say 
in you, Korean. In Korean. In Korean. Incredible. Can BTS, can they do this? Like where they do the English choruses and the English hook, but then still have the rappers write their verses in Korean? I feel like that's an amazing compromise like this song I do too. if this weren't like a cover of this were any other song that they made in the same like setup it could be played on the radio easily i just feel like they've already proved themselves mm-hmm. and they've already had so many massive hits that like this is a fine compromise yeah you know i feel like it could open up the listener's ears to a little bit of Korean. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going to read Yoongi's verse. It just really struck me. He said, we're now used to our routines taken away, but still can't give up living on. We're more worn out because we don't know where this ends. We're an island made ourselves because we couldn't trust each other. So again, I, just another almost narration of COVID being that island um, alone, separated six feet of distance, not being able to be in contact with people. And then I really get that feeling of feeling more worn out because we don't know where it ends. Bethany, I know you're experiencing this a lot lately. Like last week, you just had to go back in and get fitted for an N95 again because of the Delta variant being on the rise and like just being exhausted with the situation. And the longer it goes, the more worn we are. Yeah. I mean, it's just like I'm reliving it all again. You know, having I have to fully don up like, you know, everything. N95, N95, face, face mask, yeah. gown, everything. Gown, gloves, all yeah. of it. I have COVID patients again. It's extremely frustrating. It's extremely frustrating seeing that my patients who are COVID patients had gotten the vaccine. And I'm yeah. like, gosh, dang it. Like this dear, this Delta variant. This damn virus. Yeah. Uh, it's frustrating it's and so frustrating. Yeah. And yeah. hospitals are filling up again. So I have patients who need to go to the hospital for whatever reason and are getting turned away. Mm. Because hospitals are filling up again. It's so frustrating. I I just like can't believe we're back here. I know. (sighs) So going on to the next part of Yungi's verse, a perfect thing to talk about now. Hope an end comes for this tiring pandemic virus. Negative thoughts can sometimes be a minus. I knew it wasn't the end, so I couldn't say bye. When the day comes, I will say hi like nothing happened. So, I mean... He's reminding us that it's not going to be helpful to just dwell on the negative side of this. Um, And again, asking for hope that an end does come to the pandemic and the idea that we will meet again and we'll be able to move on as if no time has passed between us. Almost like, you know, when you get together with an old friend for the first time in years and you pick up right where you left off, that's how it's going to be when BTS and ARMY get to see each other. That's totally how it's going to be. But I could see when he's saying negative thoughts can sometimes be a minus, like wishing you would have given a better goodbye Mm -hmm. in that moment because you just didn't know that it was going to be this long. Yeah, Like I knew it wasn't the end, so I couldn't say goodbye. Had we known. Had we known. Yeah. Yeah. So for J-Hope's verse, he says, in Korean as well, he says, I hate this world. Our traces become memories. I just empty my mind. Trust without conditions. I fill it every day with just loneliness. Not like the longing that encircles me. We miss you, baby, whenever it may be. Here's hoping we meet again. I promise. We miss you. We miss you. But the I promise Mm -hmm. at the end, like even how he like, I mean, he like puts his hands together like he's praying. Like, I promise. We know. We know. We're waiting. We miss you, too. Yeah. Yeah. The longing that encircles me. Mm. We miss you. 
I really enjoyed their rap verses. Me too. And mm-hmm. the vocal line, like we already said, sounded phenomenal, but they also did ad-libs for each other throughout. I think like, for example, during J-Hope's verse, like Jin was singing backup the entire time. That mm-hmm. was incredible. Um, they, I think they hit the nail on the head in performing this song right now. It was a perfect time for them to cover a song like this, and they did it so, so well. They did. And I think it it gives an example of what they could do with a Korean English music compromise in a song. I love your interpretation of that because I really hope for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I really think that their English music has already been phenomenal. They've been massive hits with the general public. I would hope that with the addition of like Korean rap verses, that it wouldn't change or put off the, you know, average listener's ear. Especially if like Namjoon has the ability to rap in English and put an English rap verse together every once in a while, like he's done over the years many times Mm -hmm. in his mixtapes too. It's not like it's a new thing just because they've had this push into English music. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I could see that, you know, I'm hopeful that that could be a thing because I would listen to that. I mean, I'm a BTS obviously. fan. Obviously, I would listen to <laughs> it on the radio. You listen to full Korean music. Yeah, yeah but I, I think that obviously BTS likes doing the English music and is exploring further into the Western music world in making English music. Yeah. So this could be a great way for them to keep all of their authenticity. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And they're just, you know, their works with their own lyricism and their own rap verses. Right. Yeah. But we loved it. Yeah. yeah. It was a it was a great performance on BBC Radio One and such a special treat for BTS to be able to be part of that. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about this big news about yeah. BTS um going to be at the seventy six United Nations General Assembly later on this year. I know. So BTS will be in New York City, I believe, in September Mm -hmm. sometime. Mm -hmm. So BTS have officially been appointed. Uh, They said they are the special presidential envoys for future generations and culture and will be representing South Korea and President Moon at the 76 UNGA. Uh, That's loaded. Mm -hmm. Envoys for future generations and culture. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So according to the announcement from the office of President Moon's Twitter account, they will be advocating for important issues in line with Moon's, quote, global agenda for future generations, including sustainable growth. Mm-hmm. Gosh, like it's like they're not just there speaking like they had for, you know, like the for UNICEF, for UNICEF yeah. and all of that. They're appointed for South Korea yeah. to represent South Korea and like President Moon. I can't believe how huge of an honor mm-hmm. this is. I mean, to be selected out of everyone to go represent the entire country and the president himself um, is incredible. Yeah, it yeah. really is. So the tweet also said that the activities that BTS, which has been spreading hope and positive energy, will carry out as a special envoy to the president are expected to greatly contribute to enhancing Korea's national status as a leading country in the post 
Corona era. That makes me so proud and happy for chills. Korea. Like I have chills. Yeah. Yes. I mean, truthfully, watching the Olympics, I've just been rooting for Korea. When like, it was I, Korea versus Mexico in the soccer match. I know. I was like, go Korea. Yeah. But I mean, just Korea in general. Like Korea yeah. was also represented in the gymnastics. In they, archery. In ar- well, they killed it. They dominated yeah. in archery. You yeah. know, but it's just great to see them competing against these huge, massive countries. Soft power. Yeah. Hi, you. Yeah. The Korean wave. Korean wave. Yeah. I know. They've affected (laughs) us. They've influenced us. Yeah. Yeah. So they will be attending various conferences in New York City from from September 14th to the 21st. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Obviously, when this news broke to ARMY, we all were so excited for BTS. What was really cool was that we actually got RM's reaction to this appointment in an SBS interview. So he said, quote, BTS has grown up with the current generation of young people. In the process, we wanted to express the emotions we felt right now. We have witnessed and experienced the impact of the global economic crisis or something social, both directly and indirectly. He went on to say, During the crisis in 2021, although we are weak, if we have the power to do something like the Special Cultural Envoy or the UN General Assembly, we will do what we can for our country and with a heavy yet happy heart for the young people who have grown up with us and the future generations around the world. As we head to the States, we will do our best to fulfill our mission and return home. Wow. Wow. I mean, truly, they it's not lost on them how huge of an honor this is how big of a deal um and i just to be in that position to represent your entire country in this way and to feel heavy yet happy heart you know feeling like not only representing south korea but also young people but also people i just always think about army and where that term came from and how they've always been trying to speak for and represent the youth Mm -hmm. and here they are going to the united nations for the second time but to not only be speaking on unicef but to be representing south korea as a country uh and all of what they're working towards like sustainability and equality Mm -hmm. um and you know very important topics that bts are going to be speaking on so i can't wait as we uh, get closer it's gonna be great Yeah. yeah i'm really looking forward to it yeah me too yeah Okay, so lastly, we just want to briefly talk about the Weavers magazine articles and the recent V Lives that BTS have been putting out. Um, so, just starting off with the V Lives, we've so far gotten V Lives from RM, Yoongi, Taeyang, J Hope, and Jungkook. Wow. We're expecting that we're going to get V Lives from Jin and Jimin as well. We but if they are. don't, that's okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we've gotten a lot of. V lives and they all have been just so terrific and mm-hmm. just like a blessing truthfully we've got Jungkook who did like a whole concert concert oh like he's saying leave the door open by Silk Sonic stop and I'm just like I, I'm appalled like I can't <laughs> believe that he would go that far yeah oh like oh. that song is so sexual mm-hmm. and I'm just like wow Jungkook really please 
you're killing us. Let us breathe. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, Taeyang ended up singing and playing a whole bunch of different music. Mm-hmm. He just had a playlist of songs. J-Hope danced for us. J-Hope brought us into the bathroom. <laughs> we have which, been in the bathroom with Jung Ho Sok. I know. Yeah. I know. He turned on the V-Live because he was quote on scared because he was the only one at the high <laughs> building. So he like didn't want to be alone. So he turned on V-Live so that ARMY was with him. I love that. Um, but we had Suga and we also had RM. Um, RM really talked a lot about the recent music. Mm-hmm. Suga ended up talking a lot about just like general questions. He really hit on a lot of like what he's been up to these days. He's playing like the electronic drums mm. and he's going to therapy still for his shoulder. He said <laughs> he said in his V Live that therapy's boring. And I'm like, thanks <laughs> for rooting for the ther- the therapist out here. <laughs> Um, I just thought that was so oh, funny. <laughs> That's like someone telling me to my face, Spanish class is boring. Yeah. Yeah. Except for your like idol. I mean, told I you wasn't that. mad because it's you and Gay. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, all of these V lives, though, are making me wonder why? Mm-hmm. Why so active on V live? Like, it's kind of uh, maybe you could say it's kind of during Permission to Dance Butter CD promos, you know, and around the BBC stuff. So, but. I feel like anytime BTS are this active on social media, I feel like comeback is soon. Comeback is coming. It has to be. They've all been posting selfies. They've been active on Twitter and on Weverse on top of these V lives. It has to be soon. Yeah. Yeah. It does. I mean, that's what I hope. I I hope so, too. I think we're getting an album. Yes, I think so, too. Not just like a single, like a Korean comeback album. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Full comeback. Yeah. But there were also these interviews with BTS that were released through uh, the Weverse magazine articles. And these were so compelling. These questions were so well thought out. I love that every single member had like a handful of questions. And it was just a really good look into what's going on in their minds and their day-to-day life right now. I especially liked the interview with Suga. I feel like he talked a lot about the music industry. He talked a lot about their songs in English versus Korean. Um, And just kind of like, I think it gives a lot of answers to some of the questions for like older armies. Mm -hmm. We're like, wow, this is so different from what we're used to. Definitely a lot of insight. Yeah, very insightful. Mm -hmm. And I liked that the questions, they weren't cookie cutter questions. They Mm -hmm. were really good questions that were also straight and to the point. And they also asked follow-up questions like a couple times in some of the interviews, they would say something in their answer that the interviewer would, you know, question them a little bit further on. Yeah, to elaborate more. To elaborate. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's something rare that we get in BTS. Usually yeah, the interviews usually are very structured. Yeah, there's usually a set list of questions. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. So definitely check out those Weavers magazine articles if you haven't already, because I just feel that they're so well done. The questions are incredible. It really gives you good insight on what's going on right now in BTS's minds, yeah. you know, and what's what's going on with them. We linked them in the doc, so come mm-hmm. check out the Google Doc. Yeah, one dollar. Uh, if you can't find them, one dollar, one dollar patrons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I really, really suggest reading those articles. The V Lives. I still have to catch up on all of them because we were. Like Jungkook's happened when we were like in Colorado, so mm-hmm. and J Hope's was like almost an, an hour and a half long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch him dance for an hour and a half and go to the bathroom. Oh yeah, oh, it yeah. was very entertaining. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, um, spot episode number three, check, check. Yeah. Uh, so much to talk about. So much. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> we gathered everything up that we could from the last couple weeks that we've been wanting to talk about with you iconics and that a couple of you iconics had asked us to talk about. So we hope that you enjoyed this week's episode, this week's spot episode. Uh, we do want to extend a special thanks to our supporters on Patreon, especially our VIP iconics. Eileen Ruchal, Michelle Park, Deja, Meg DeRuggio, Rachel, Robin, and Allie. Thank you, Iconics, for all of your support on PayPal this week and on Patreon this month. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. Um, we're blown away. Seriously. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, reach out to us on Instagram, on Twitter, Stan BTS Pod, Stan BTS Podcast. Of course, you can find links for all of those things in the description. Thanks for listening and thanks for standing BTS. Mm-hmm.